Hello, I am C-3PO Human-Cyborg Relations. Welcome aboard the Star Speeder 3000. Everything in this room may change time and time again as we move ahead. But the basic philosophy of what we're planning for Disney World is going to remain very much as it is right now. If you are standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors. They will be closing in a moment. W my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 672, and together we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, and more here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook every Wednesday night, community, books, audio tours, and more. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and find everything else at www.radio.com. So I'm going to open up the inbox again this week and answer your questions about secret menu items throughout the parks, teachable moments in Walt Disney World, the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin, obscure memorabilia, the best holiday season to visit, learning about Imagineering, lots and lots of food, and much more. I'll then have our Disney trivia question of the week, your voicemails, and more updates at the end of the show. So sit back, relax. And enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. One of the things that I love doing on the show is helping you plan, prepare for, and really get the most out of your Walt Disney World or Disney Cruise Line or Disneyland vacations. And I think one of the best ways to doing that is by answering your questions about where to go, what to do, where to eat, how and when to snack, etc. And joining me once again as I open up the email inbox, fresh off her journey, not just into space on the Galactic Star Cruiser, but her journey further into the dark side is, of course, Becky Mankin what? from MEI and Mouse the, Travel. The dark side? Is this, this is really how we're starting this. Seriously? Yeah. So I've, I've been to space, I've been to sea, you've been to snow. So <laughs> we're, we're just all bringing it back together now into back to Walt Disney World. We are. And there are a uh, there's a ton of really great questions that I want to get to this week. I say it all the time. We're going to try our best to get. It's like the <laughs> lightning lane of the inbox, Becky. We're going to try and get to oh as many as we can, uh, as quickly as we can. But Good luck also, with that as thoroughly so let's uh let's go ahead and get right into it uh, as i quit and i and i don't we don't sort of read these ahead of time i'm literally opening up the inbox and, and this scares me so much i'm so terrified um, but <laughs> I'm going to, the first one i'm picking is because it says hey lou and becky of course so ah. there you go i've well, got a question thank for you guys you talk a lot about the best sushi on property the best burger on property etc 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 but i don't hear much about the best Greek food on property. It's my favorite type of food. And I was wondering where you would recommend if I wanted to get some. Love what you do. So happy my friend sent me this podcast. It's kept my spirits up during these very strange times and has renewed my love for Disney. Yay. Can't wait for the top 10 lounge show 
you must yes. love Mike Me Allen, too. I promise. Becky is going to be um, <laughs> part of it, of course. So it's interesting, Greek food on property, when you said that the first thing that came to mind, Cuisina on Disney's Boardwalk, may you rest in peace. That was the restaurant uh, owned and operated by Iron Chef Kat Cora. And that was about from like 2009 or so to 2000, I think, 14, before it was replaced by Trattoria Al Forno. Um, and I and I really, really liked it. I like Greek and Mediterranean food. It's actually one of the reasons why we've talked about it in the past. I really would love to see a Greece pavilion someday in World Showcase. But in terms of actually finding Greek food on property, the first really thing that comes to mind, I think your, your best bet is to look to the festivals in Epcot. And now that there's really almost a festival going on almost throughout the entire year, there's a good chance you may find some Greek or at least Mediterranean food. I remember back at um, Food and Wine Festival, they have the Taste of Greece kiosk and there's souvlaki and and feta and um spanakopita which is like this delicious greek spinach pie and sort of a like a, a phyllo dough i think was it maybe last year they had greek nachos um but there is unfortunately no single greece pavilion all year round i would love to see something like that i will say that if, if you're willing to go off property there's a few locations um bosphorus uh, Little Greek, which is about 15 minutes from Walt Disney World. Uh, but I think for right now, the, I mean, just off the top of my head, Becky, I think the festivals is really where you're going to find not just the best selection, but really Greek specific food. Yeah, I agree. When the first thing I thought of was Food and Wine Festival, where they have the Greece uh, pavilion that's set up. And that's the only Greek food I can even think of off the top of my head, but I am haven't had a lot of Greek food personally. It's one of those um, those cuisines that I haven't uh, really jumped into. So I was trying to think the the Mediterranean market, obviously over at Swan Dolphin wouldn't have that or do I they? mean, it's called Fresh Mediterranean Market, but I, yeah. I think it's, I think right now it's only open for breakfast and lunch. So I don't know that, um, I, I don't know that you're going to find necessarily "Quote unquote Greek yeah. food." There, um, there are some places in Orlando um, which are are near some of like Universal, some of the more touristy areas. I think there's a place called uh, Taverna Opa, which is a a Greek restaurant, like a very themed Greek restaurant. But nothing specifically in Walt Disney World. That's probably mm -hmm. a twenty five minute ride. I was going to say, and if you're going to if you're going to do that, might as well get in a, a Greece Adventures by Disney and just, you know, go all in. I, I mean, if, if <laughs> add it to the list. Just, I mean, I think we're planning out to 2025 at this point. So just yes, put it we on are. the list for um, a, a Greece. And look, forget about Greece just coming to Walt Disney World. Greece is, a Greece is the word. To... <laughs> it's the word. It's the word. Just, <laughs> just I saying. To move on from <clears throat> to, I'd, to my Hopefully to see if you would like in, burst into song. No. No. The, uh, the next email comes from Katie, and if I'm pronouncing your name correctly, Shaika, C Z A I J K A. Forgive me if I butchered it. Uh, I would love a show, blog, anything specifically about teachers. I'm a Chicago public school teacher. Thank you for what you do. And my love for Walt Disney World definitely shows in my high school history classroom. 
I was thinking maybe like a top 10 teachable moments in Walt Disney World type show. I know I teach AP U.S. history. I use tons of Disney knowledge in my class, which makes you an awesome teacher, by the way. Liberty Square, the history of tourism, entertainment. And more recently this week, we're talking about how businesses expanded in the Gilded Age. And I use the Galactic Star Cruiser as an example to explain some basic economic principles. Why is it expensive, et cetera, et cetera. So... Katie, again, thank you for being a teacher. You are often undervalued, underpaid, and underappreciated. I, I love the fact that you want to incorporate Disney into what you do, especially AP U.S. history. I think it, it would really sort of resonate with people. Um, one of these days I'll talk about the the, the Disney uh, education project that I worked on for a long time and I never actually ended up releasing. But besides that, um, I actually did a show on this it's a bit a while, but it might actually be helpful. Um, I did the top 10 educational opportunities in Walt Disney World uh, back on show 192. So this is this is October of 2010. It's um, it's it's a little old ish, but um, I think for the most part it is still applicable and relevant and. When I did it, I remember I wanted to specifically make sure it wasn't just for kids or it wasn't just for kids, students or teachers, because there's countless opportunities to learn in the Disney parks and enhance your experience and help educate others about a lot of different things in in different ways. And I think it allows you to look at the parks in a fun way from a unique perspective that will, I think, open up some fun, creative opportunities. So I would love, Katie, for you, from a teacher's perspective, to have you go back, take a listen, and let me know what you think. Becky, I have been rambling to try and give you time to think about (laughs) where in Walt Disney World, or if you think about educational opportunities in Walt Disney World, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Well, I'm going to go totally on a tangent and completely off the mark, and you're going to roll your eyes at me. But Just so you you know, know, these are kids. You can't say, here's the top (laughs) 10 educational bars in Walt Disney World. When we were kids, I don't know about you and your family, but my family, it, it was so much different way back when. And it wasn't as far back as you're going to tell people it was because it just wasn't. But you could easily take two weeks off or a month off and do your homework as you were traveling. And my dad would take me to a, a, a state. We would cover an entire state and learn things. So, and I know it's different now, which I'm kind of sad about in a way because a lot of the best education I ever got was being with my family on the road in different places, learning about different states and different um, historical sites and, and different uh, you know, places to be rather than just sitting in a classroom. And I think Disney World in particular has a lot of educational opportunities available to it, not just from, um, hey, there's physics and roller coasters, right? Uh, there's in in all kinds of of ways to to learn about science and learn about nature. I mean, just even going to uh, Animal Kingdom for an entire day, you could go out to Rafiki's Planet Watch and and observe how animals are taken care of in a veterinarian's um, uh, setup. So, I think that. There's all kinds of ways for people to learn, not just from books, but to actually be there in person and witnessing it. So Walt Disney World has a ton of educational opportunities, and I sure wish that uh, that our the systems now were like they were when we were kids and our families could help us enjoy and learn from the places we go. 
So I'm like you uh, as a kid and even as a relatively young adult, my parents, and I'm not saying to do this, but you know, there were times my parents would take me out of school. My parents would give, uh, my teachers would give me work not to give teachers additional work. I understand, but I would do the work in the car because we drove mm-hmm. everywhere and, and you know, right, it's sort of traveling the country, I think is the best way to learn. But in terms of in Walt Disney World, even sort of as you were talking, I think that there's a lot of places and ways and depending on what you as a teacher, as a parent, as a student want to sort of pull from where you are. So obviously you can go to the American Adventure and whether it is wandering the rotunda, looking at the different exhibits in the gallery or watching the American Adventure uh, film itself, there is there are educational opportunities there. And a lot of the cast members there too I highly recommend talking to them because they are very, very knowledgeable, not just about the show, but about the art, the architecture, the people, the history that the pavilion discusses. But I think, too, Becky, you can go to Port Orleans French Quarter or Riverside Mm -hmm. or uh, Old Key West or the Polynesian, a lot of different places, and learn about different parts of America and Mm -hmm. where they took... There, Polynesian, um, especially, and rest in peace, Auntie Kauai, like, you could go there and learn a lot about the culture in places like Hawaii from people who live there, who used to, mm-hmm. you know, Auntie Kauai used to give um, hula lessons, which, sadly, for all of our sake, I was never able to, to do and slash videotape me doing. But even again, Ooh. just learning about different parts of the country based on where some of the themed hotels are and look i also think that there's a great way to learn about history and culture from the food that we eat see i i I can always tie everything back back to food Mm -hmm. (laughs) exactly but that's kind of what i was getting at is that walt disney and epcot alone is set up from an educational standpoint to make education fun so i think that there's a lot of opportunity for that and and you know how would a a child really know america without understanding the river of poo Seriously, <laughs> I will say just very quickly, and this is not meant to be a shameless plug, but it's going to be anyway. When I did research for my Liberty Square audio tour, I learned more about real American history. And this is not a, a knock on my teachers growing up, but I learned more about real American history in researching that tour than I ever could have imagined. And I think Liberty Square is probably, and we obviously I'm sure we talked about it in that show, Liberty Square is probably the single greatest condensed opportunity to learn about that period. And that even Liberty Square through Frontierland, through American history. And there are some things I know over time that have sort of been lost. Small details that help tell a story. So for example, in Frontierland, there used to be on one of the buildings, there was a painted sign for a Chinese laundry. I loved explaining why that was there and the Chinese impact and influence that was present in the expansion and the growth of America as it moved west. Um, But yeah, go back and, and certainly check out that episode and check out the audio tour to Liberty Square if you want to available everywhere um all right next question says hey lou uh i am a nurse very much thank you for what you do and i was looking at possibly staying at the swan and dolphin with the nurse discount i love the fact that you know about the nurse discount swan and dolphin have a lot of discounts like that have you ever stayed at the swan and dolphin before if so which one do you prefer does it still there's a lot of questions coming becky have i ever stayed there does it still feel like a disney hotel how do you get to the hotel if you can't use Magical Express? How is dining? 
<laughs> Thank you more than ever for providing Disney magic during this time. It lifts my spirits to and from work. Meg, again, first and foremost, thank you for what you do. You literally help change and save lives every single day. Becky, we're going to hit these questions one at a time. Have you ever stayed at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin before? And if so, which one do I prefer? Uh, yes, I've stayed there as a local. But when I used to live in New Jersey, it was one of my favorite places to stay for a few reasons. One, you could usually get a room there. Uh, they often had and still continue to have, like you mentioned, not just nurse discounts, but a lot of other discounts throughout the year. The beds are still, I believe, the most comfortable beds on the their Western beds that they use, the, the heavenly beds. Oh, hey, they're so comfortable. Uh, and if so I have a preference, one or the other. Um, not really. Like I, I would lean towards the dolphin um, it's a little bit larger. The, um, I, I like there's a there's a few more restaurants in there, although in the Swan, that's where some of my favorite restaurants exist. It, there's really not much of a difference in between the two. The only difference you might potentially see or feel is if there is a large convention there. Um, the Dolphin is where the convention space is. So sometimes places like the Lobby Bar or some of the restaurants might be a little bit more crowded than usual, but I think that's really sort of the only difference. Um, the Swan is a little bit closer to the pool, but again, that causeway in between is is a very short, very nice walk over water anyway. Yeah, I love the location. It, it's one of those hidden gems that people don't think a lot about Swan and Dolphin, but it's right there in that Epcot Resort area. So it's an easy walk to get to Yacht Club. It's easy walk to get over to uh, Boardwalk. You can easily walk to Epcot. You can easily get to um, over to Hollywood Studios. So the location's great. Both of them now are under the Marriott family. So if you do Marriott rewards points, or if you have points, you can use them there. Um, I have not stayed at either of them in many. I know, I know, I know, but um, you're right. It, the beds are wonderful from what I hear. I have toured it. I have looked at it. The rooms are very comfortable. Um, they've got some great views. And now you also have the reserve, which is right across the street too. So you've got a brand new resort that's tied into it. Um, they do have great discounts like you spoke about for EMTs, for police, for firefighters, for nurses, which I, I think is amazing. But to have that location, the, the prices are still really relatively good when you compare them to some of the Disney resorts, but you get a lot of the Disney benefits too. So you can use the, um, the water taxis, you can use the, um, the bus system. So there's some things that are different about it, which a lot of people might like, but there's some things that are a lot the same about being on property at Walt Disney World. So I would highly recommend looking at it if it's something that uh, if you can't find availability at some of the other resorts, which is happening, <laughs> or if you want to be in that resort area and pay a little less. I agree with you, though, that it can feel a little less Disney at times when you do have those larger conventions in play. Um, but when you're not spending a lot of time in the resort anyway, you're going to spend it in the parks. It really shouldn't matter. So it's highly recommended. Right. And so that goes to the question, does it quote unquote feel like a Disney hotel? And mm -hmm. I think feel I put in air quotes because that's a subjective question, right? What makes something feel right? If you are looking for something for maybe your young kids and there is an overlay of Disney characters or inspiration, does it feel like the Polynesian? Does it feel like, 
the Grand Floridian or Animal Kingdom Lodge? No. Does it have the whimsical animation and theming of something like a pop century or art of animation? Of course not. Does it feel like a Disney hotel in terms of quality of service, location, cleanliness? We'll get to the food in a second. Some of those aspects, absolutely. Uh, in fact, some of the rooms are even larger than what you might find in other resorts, uh, especially for if you're sort of matching dollar for dollar. In terms of feeling like a Disney hotel, again, you have to sort of weigh what that means, how much time you spend in your room. I think it feels very much like a Disney hotel because of location, location, location. Mm -hmm. And when we get to dining, there is there is actually Disney character dining, which a lot of people don't know about, uh, in the Garden Grove restaurant in the morning for breakfast. So you do get a little bit of that feel without the crowds, but you also, if, if you consider it a sacrifice, you will sacrifice some of the Disney overlay and whimsy. Although do keep in mind, there is a small a Disney owned and operator operated store in um, both the Swan and the Dolphin. Right. And one thing too, that I really actually enjoy about the location, some of the differences, for example, they have a, an Avis car rental right inside the resort too. So you can easily rent a car for a day and return it to your hotel. So I, I that feel, yeah, you're not going to have theming. I guess there's the best way to, to put it for me. It's not going to feel like the Polynesian. It's not going to have a theme specific to, um, to the resort. It's just a Marriott resort and in a great location with really good rates, really good discounts and yeah, really good food, which is where you're going next. Well, look, I only ask, answer the questions that are asked of me. Meg asked, uh -huh. how is the dining? Meg, I'm not <laughs> kidding when, and maybe Maybe I will actually do. <gasps> it's been a while. I'm going to do either a top 10 dining experiences at the Swan, or maybe like I'll do like a top five live from Ooh. the Swan and Dolphin because Meg, my friend, there are not one, not two, not three. There are 16 different dining options in these two very close resort hotels. I will quickly go through because they, they range from higher end signature delicious dining to quick and casual. So in terms of fine dining, Shula's Steakhouse Yum. may or may not have the best steak on property. Ilgolino is the best Italian food possibly in the area. Ooh. Komodo's, is it the best sushi on property? There's only one way to find. I mean, I've been to there a ton of times, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Todd English's Blue Zoo was for many, many years my favorite restaurant in Walt Disney World by far. And then Boathouse came. Uh, and then Amare is the new restaurant over at the Reserve. For casual dining, there's the Garden Grove, the Cabana Bar, the Fountain, which has one of the best burgers on property and an oh-so-very-delicious buffalo chicken salad. Uh, I know, I hmm. said the word salad, but it's true. <laughs> the Splash Pool Bar and Grill, um, they actually have a, a delicious tuna poke out there, which is phenomenal. We mentioned Fresh Mediterranean Market. Uh, Tangerine is over at um, the Reserve. And then for quick service, they've got Peekaboo, Fuel, Chill, Java, Ground. So whether it's coffee, grab-and-go, quick meal, snacks. Uh, and then, Becky, you'll like this too. There's also a number of lounges. Shula's, Il Molino's, Kimono's, Blue Zoo all have lounges. And then the Finn's Lounge in the lobby of the Dolphin is really, really nice right in that, in that huge uh, open atrium area. On Sundays, I believe they're back 
they have this uh, amazing Bloody Mary selection. There's like four or five different right. Bloody Marys that are themed <clears throat> to and inspired by the signature restaurants. Uh, and then uh, Stir is the new one over at the Reserve. So I wanted to quickly mention, but I, I'm not kidding that when I say that the Swan and Dolphin have arguably some of, if not the very best uh, um, dining Certainly from a resort perspective, like there's a lot of options and they're all really like really, especially the signature dining is very, very good. There's a ton of selection and and ton of choice, which I love that for families who just need a a quick service or a casual uh, option. They've got a ton. And like you said, the signature dining Shula's. I haven't been there in so long. And now I want to go to Shula's. Somebody. If only there was somebody. I swear, seriously. <sighs> now I'm I'm looking. I remember you used to say we got to go to Blue Zoo all the time. Got to go to Blue Zoo, and then you know you kind of stop dating Blue Zoo for Boathouse. So that means you kind of have to go back there to make up Blue with Zoo her and I because have an open relationships. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amar looks really yeah. good. I have obviously not been over there yet. I wonder. Um, you know, hint, hint. Maybe we should try that next time we're maybe there. We should make that happen. It's and you know what? I think sometime too we need to maybe revisit Japan a little bit and hit kimonos because just because. But I love oh, wait, the fact. Quickly go. I just realized yeah. going back to a previous question. Mm-hmm. Amari has is is Mediterranean inspired food, so there may be the Greek connection there. Ooh. We will go and do the research for you and find out. <laughs> volunteer. I don't think that's going to be, you know, too, too tough of a duty, but I, I do love the fact that there's so many options and so many choices for different families, needs and budgets. Absolutely. And I would love to know from you who's listening. Do you have a favorite dining location or secret little spot or menu item from the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin let me know. Put it in the comments uh, over in the WW Radio Clubhouse at www.radio.com slash clubhouse or call the voicemail. Share it with us that way. And if you're doing it while you're eating there, it's even better. All right. Uh, <laughs> Michael Gambrell says, hello, I'm searching for memorabilia from the Plaza Rose Garden in Magic Kingdom. That's awesome. Wow. I would love to find something like a preserved flower from the garden. But hours of searching on the web has amounted to nothing. I'm hoping to give this as a gift to my wife for a wedding anniversary as we were engaged there. Do you know of any memorabilia dealers other than those online that are easy to find that may have something like like that? Michael, I've never been asked this question before, and I think this is a really interesting and unique takeaway souvenir item um, that you're looking for. For those of you, just to, to quickly give history lessons this is the dream sequence um plaza rose garden opened um i think around 1980 or so and if you're standing on main street you said if you're standing in the hub and looking at the castle the plaza rose garden would be off to your right uh it was located between cinderella castle and the entrance to tomorrowland um and had a a, a, a this winding pathway this this sort of circuitous winding pathway down to the loading area for the plaza swan boats which i know we've talked about in um prior shows but along that pathway and actually around 
the exterior railing were these amazingly beautifully manicured roses um, that were gorgeous. And depending on the time of year that you went and the colors that were there, they were um, they were spectacular, like literally award winning. Like I remember it won some like in, in the mid 80s, it won like this all American Rose Garden of the Year award, like hmm. because it because the the garden itself contributed to the interest in roses and rose gardening because of just how beautiful and well manicured they were. Uh, when they expanded and redesigned the hub in Magic Kingdom around 2014, um, the Rose Garden, which was also a beautiful picture spot as well. A lot of times you could have a Disney photographer, you could arrange to have a Disney photographer to um, do a photo shoot in that garden area. They'd also do shoot a lot of commercials and stuff in there. Um, but it was so about 1980 to 2014. In terms of merchandise, um, that's really interesting. I, I don't remember ever seeing any sort of specific merchandise. The only thing I think that you might potentially be able to find, and I would have to do a search for this, is maybe there is a pin that um, Disney did a lot of like legacy pins and, and sort of retro pins that may reference the Plaza Rose Garden. But I don't recall, and a quick search did not reveal anything in terms of Plaza Rose Garden merchandise. This is this is sort of a um, uh, an interesting sort of group question for you listening. If you have ever seen anything, um, help me help Michael out and share that in the clubhouse. But um, I've never seen anything. Becky, I don't know if you've ever seen any merch or if you even remember the Plaza Rose Garden <laughs> or the Swan Boats. Well, not the Swan Boats. I think those were before my time uh, visiting with Walt Disney World. But I have definitely been in the Rose Garden. It was one of our favorite places to hold uh, meetups to watch the fireworks together because that little path was out of the way and in a really nice location. But I've kind of been doing a little Googling on the side as you've been talking. I can't find any pins. I can't find any merchandise. Uh, it's It definitely is one of those things that is a, um, a, a unicorn because I don't know anything about that. But I, I do miss the location. Yeah, if you go to www.radio.com and search Plaza Rose Garden, um, Felicia and Sean did actually a really nice um, in-memoriam blog post about it with some photos of the the, the Plaza Rose Garden uh, entrance and a few of the different uh, rose bushes and some stories in there as well. It's a great question. All right, move on. Hello, Lou, and hopefully Becky. Hopefully. This is getting better. Love the show, especially when you guys answer listener emails. Planning a trip uh, back to Walt Disney World. I've been many times, but always in April. My question is, if you could go, if you can go during Christmas or Halloween, which do you think would be more fun? We would definitely spring for either not so scary parties or the Christmas parties if they're going on. In addition to any more, any early morning or extras that are happening during that season, we are. A huge Christmas family, but also heard Halloween's good, too. We're flexible on when we can go in the season. Would love any insights you have. I appreciate all that you guys do, and hopefully you can take Becky to the boathouse soon or any lounge. Yes! Who sent this? Did you write this? (laughs) No, I didn't. Becky Menken. Um, No, thanks in advance, Liz. Um, Just so you know, Liz, I I have taken Becky to the boathouse, not once, not multiple times, but more importantly, Without going too deep down this rabbit hole, if you had to sort of 
quickly recommend one or the other, Becky. And I know there's pros and cons to both, and both is the right answer here. But if you could only pick one, which would it be and why? What's the, see that, what is the compelling reason for the one that you choose? Well, the right play is to go during the time where they just do the changeover from Halloween to Christmas and you get them both. That's that is the play. Uh, but if I had to choose one or the other, and this is just me because I personally uh, I adore Christmas. Christmas is my season. That's the. That's the time where I have the most um, wonderful memories with my family and my father and um, and my friends. So I equate Christmas to such a joyful, happy time and all of the beautiful decorations that are up and the music and the extra holiday entertainment that they have there. If I had to pick one or the other, I would go with Christmas because of that and the food. I mean, just everything about Christmas. And of course the weather is a little bit better too for at points for me, because I, I kind of like the cold because the cold doesn't bother me anyway. Um, However, the play is to find the week where you can do them both and you see the changeover. That is the ideal situation. Uh, I agree with everything you said. And there's something wonderfully emotional about Christmas time there. There's something about the music and the snow falling mm-hmm. on Main Street and the the parades and just everybody dressed for the season and it yes it not being four hundred degrees with ninety seven percent humidity <laughs> I could very easily um, go down the Christmas path but just for sake of argument it's also very easy for me to argue for Christmas uh, for for Halloween because I love that time of year i love the fall it's just starting to change and there's something wonderfully fun and a little bit spooky about halloween in walt disney world and everybody comes in in costumes and i love the fall decor and the the glowing pumpkins and the flickering lights and there is this sort of transformation that happens in magic kingdom from day to night during those halloween parties specifically it's it's themed that way all year long, but I think if you I think if you're gonna go during Halloween, you almost have to do a not so scary Halloween party to get the full Halloween experience. So I'll sort of argue it that way. If you want the full experience, you can go to Christmas during Christmas time and get a lot of it. You will miss the parades and some of the shows and things like that. But for Halloween, as long as you're going to be able to do the Halloween party. Believe it or not, it's not about the trick-or-treating for candy. It's the overlays and it's the projections and it's, you know, Madame Carlotta outside the Haunted Mansion and that wonderfully fun and spooky aspect. The music is the, is amazing. It's one of, if not my favorite parade anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a huge parade guy, but you can sort of hold the Halloween parade and the Christmas parade, you know, uh, head to head. And that's a tough choice. That's true. But you know what I would almost do? And I I know that this is hard for a lot of people, but I'd almost argue Christmas in Walt Disney World and Halloween in Disneyland. Okay. Because all of the different approaches that they take to the Halloween parties in Disneyland are amazing. I, I, I really enjoy, I think I enjoy being in Disneyland more for Halloween just because of the, the different entertainment that they take on at that location. Yeah, it's suffice it to say that Disneyland and Walt Disney World, while they're 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 
They're brothers and sisters. They can sometimes feel like very different experiences, especially in terms of, you're right, how they approach the holidays. So it might not be the the solution for everybody, but it is something to consider if you're looking to go to one of the parks during the holidays. All right, moving on. Uh, first of all, I love your podcast. Thank you. My family and I have been listening for years. Now I have a question. My family is considering dining. I swear these are not happening on purpose. I think you picked my, them by dining. <laughs> I'm starving. You went in and you went, you went fine dining. dining. at Topolino's Terrace oh, yes. for breakfast. Ooh. This, I'm going to tell you, in 17 plus years of podcasting, this may be my favorite question ever. Hmm. Because Sean Stubbs asks simply, are you allowed to order more than one entree? <laughs> so the answer, Sean, uh, is yes. Of course you can. You're, you're going to have to pay for it, but... Um, they do so the, the way Topolino's Terrace works. Uh, it's called Flavors of the Riviera, which is on top of the Riviera, which I love so so very much. I believe we did a Riviera Resort Report show not too long ago, um, and the the way it works is it is sort of a um, a prefix menu, and I think adults now are forty two dollars. I think kids are. Um, 27 somewhere around there there's probably eight or nine different entrees that you can choose i, I do believe and yes Bre- becky they have breakfast cocktails both yes, with they and do alcohol. yeah <laughs> actually they have not only breakfast cocktails with or without alcohol they actually have <clears throat> excuse me a huge allergy friendly menu mm-hmm. i think there's an equal number of allergy friendly items on the allergy friendly menu that there are i think there's eight or nine on both the entree menu for adults and the allergy friendly uh, menu as well. That being said, I do believe you can, for an additional fee, you can order uh, a second breakfast. I, I don't know offhand because um, I haven't done it yet. I will go and do the research for you. Um, <laughs> if only Becky would just come oh my gosh breakfast with me at the Riviera. I'm on my way. We'll try this. But if and and Sean, if you need help. Like if you just need somebody else to order a second menu item, I'm I'm a, just a phone call and and a very short ride away. Topolino's in the morning for breakfast is, in my opinion, for me and for my flavor palette, the best breakfast on property for wow. me. And I know I I try to go there every time I'm there, and I'm when I come back, we'll have to do breakfast over there because it's been a while. That spiced sausage hash is so the quiche. I am in love with the quiche, but they, the bread service, the, the big thing of bread is amazing. And well, pastries, I should say it's not just bread, it's pastries, but they also have, like you said, that the hash is, is big, but they have a wild mushroom scramble that I have. It's hard to move away from the quiche because I get that every time, but the scramble is really good. Um, the sour cream waffle is yummy if you like some sweetness to your breakfast that's the the play um but they do have like you said a lot of choices for allergy friendly which we're seeing more and more of lately but uh you know that um 
the cocktails are really good <laughs> for breakfast. They have mimosas that are really yummy. So again, my favorite place to go. I also love and adore the characters that are up there and how they're presented. The um, the costumes are so unique and brilliant. I I really do enjoy that location. Good choice. I'm I'm looking at the menu and I'm I, I'm having heart palpitations. Like I need to like I'm sweating. Like I'm so excited to go eat for you to go for you to take me to Topolino's Terrace. For <laughs> I'm All sure right. we can work something out. Moving on. I said this was lightning lane ish uh-huh. without the, uh-huh. without the extra cost. Hey, Lou, for turtles. My name for turtles. is Matt Botello. Turtles. Yeah, Lightning Lane for Turtles. Where we, that's about. <laughs> I'm a fan of all things Disney, including what you do. Thank you. I'm writing because I have a seven-year-old son, Jackson. Hey, Jackson, who has taken up an interest in Disney that goes much deeper than what a normal seven-year-old has. We've been fortunate enough to take him three times in his life so far. You're parenting correctly. Every night, oh, every night we read your Disney trivia book. Well, for, forget what I said before. This is my favorite question ever. <laughs> He is fascinated in big, bold letters, fascinated by Imagineering. He tells me, quote, there is no Disney magic, only the people who make Disney magic. And I want to do that. Jackson, if you're listening, that may be the greatest quote I have ever heard. There is no Disney magic, only the people who make Disney magic. And I want to do that. I love it. He asked me what my favorite mirror illusions in Disney are. I had to look up what he meant. He searches YouTube not for ride videos, but behind the scenes videos on how to build the rides. So long story short, too late. If you had any advice <laughs> for a dad trying to get his son in touch with an Imagineer or learn about Imagineering, it would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Matt, <clears throat> excuse me, I love this. I love Jackson already. I love that your son is so interested at such a young age in Imagineering. And as I was reading this, the first thing that came to mind is something that you can not only do from home, but is free. And Khan Academy has this free Imagineering in a box course. You can search for it. I'll link to it in the show notes as well as over in the clubhouse. That is this simple course for kids that takes them through the process of learning about Imagineering and helps them sort of create their own, using Imagineering techniques, sort of create their own projects. Um, And it is something that is is from Disney through, um, excuse me, Khan Academy. I would also suggest, if you haven't done this already, to fire up the old Disney Plus and together or on his own, let him watch things like Behind the Attraction, um, One Day at Disney, uh, the Imagineering story, all this, there's, there's a lot, of even some great uh, interviews in, in Imagine Story that I think you would like. If you can find it, and I have to believe it exists on YouTube or maybe even on a, a streaming service, um, back in, God, it's got to be like 2005, 2007. Uh, if you remember the, the History Channel show Modern Marvels, they did this amazing, um, was, I think it was a single episode about Walt Disney World. And it had a really good detailed look at Imagineering, the Imagineering process, and maybe even some inspiration from um, for, for those people who want to become Imagineers. Uh, I will share that uh, I have done a number of Imagineer interviews on the podcast over the past 17 years. If you go to www.radio.com or even your, your podcast player, uh, pull up WW Radio and search for Imagineer. And... On a few of them, and I can't remember off the top of my head, we talk about 
how to be an Imagineer and it's questions. And, and, I, and I really try and ask every Imagineer, um, current or, or former, a question similar to that. What kind of advice would you give to someone, young or old, who wants to go into Imagineering and the 100 plus disciplines that make it up? Um, there are also a number of incredible books, many of them on the shelves behind me. Uh, I know Jeff Curdy's uh, Imagineering Legends book is one. There's the Imagineering Field Guides, which are these small, compact, very colorful, easy-to-read books um, that are by the Imagineers. Um, Walt Disney Imagineering, I think it's a, a, a behind-the-dreams look at, at making the magic. I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll put a link. I know I've, I've referenced some of these books in prior podcasts as well but i will do a quick list um maybe i'll put it on the blog and then link to it in the um in the clubhouse some imagining related books that would either be appropriate for your son and for anyone who's listening who's interested in the process of imagineering or possibly wants to go into imagineering in the future yeah and i was just kind of as you were saying that going I haven't heard of some of these things, especially the first one you mentioned with the course. That's incredibly cool. But Modern Mar- Marvels is season 11, episode 59, and you there can you find it on history.com. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, I remember that was one of my favorites. And I I think there's an old DVD set that Disney might have put out. Um, wow. It was called like Imagineering in, in a Box. Uh, it wasn't Imagineering in a Box. That's the con. I'll, I'll link to all these things in um and even some of the older books might not be imagining specific but um have stories from imagineers and and if you're older there's some great sort of um uh, books by people like george mcginnis and kevin rafferty and um marty sklar has a couple of of great books as well you know so what, I'll link to one, one of those one of my favorite things is if you're a D23, you get a chance to actually meet some of the Imagineers. And I've, I've spent a lot of time hanging out in the pavilion, in the uh, Parson Resorts pavilion. There's Imagineers just wandering around, ready to answer any questions that people have. So if you ever want to talk to one directly, that's a good resource. All right. A couple more lightning-ish <clears throat> yeah, right. questions. Uh, the first one says, and, and as I was quickly scrolling through, I saw one word and then it led to a second word, which is reason why I pulled this out. You'll be able to figure out what those are. I heard that there is a secret menu. Two of my favorite words, secrets and menus at Skipper Canteen in Adventureland and at Yak and Yeti in Animal Kingdom. Can you confirm what's on those menus and how do you ask a server for those menus? Thank you, Nick Lucas. Nick, my first word is shh. It won't remain a secret if you the first rule about secret menus is you don't talk about secret menus, (laughs) but we're going to talk about secret menus because there are actually a lot and not just in Skipper Canteen. And I love the fact that you mentioned the Yak and Yeti one as well. And sometimes how do you ask a server is just by asking a server, except in one fun case that I will give you and actually did an article for People magazine a couple of years ago where I talked about some of the secret menu items. I will um, I will link to it in the show notes at and on the, for the podcast at www.radio.com and in the clubhouse where there is over at um, it's all-star movies resort has a uh, it's a cinnamon bun and candied bacon cheeseburger. Oh, are you kidding perfect, me? 
don't <laughs> dismiss gosh. it because I was like, that's ah, good. Nah, it's actually delicious and savory and sweet and a little bit messy, like in the best possible way. Uh, you mentioned Skipper Canteen. It, that's one of the best. They have this. It's sort of like a Brazilian cheese. I'm closing my eyes because I'm picturing it. It's sort of like <laughs> this Brazilian cheese bread and they have these pork satay oh, skewers. But he's right. A Yak and Yeti is not the only other place that you can find it. In fact, if you go to places like Restaurantosaurus in Disney's Animal Kingdom, it's not just sit-down locations. You can say, hey, uh, pst, is there this secret menu item? And they'll give you, or they'll hope, hopefully it's still there, they actually have a scotch egg. And it's like this big dinosaur egg, but scotch <laughs> eggs, which is usually something you'd find like in, in um, United Kingdom, is delicious. You can actually find... It's uh, secret menu items in Galaxy's Edge. And what? I'll give, yeah, I'll give you one of them in a place that you'd never think of. If you go to Kat Saka's Kettle in Galaxy's Edge, where they have the different flavored popcorn, you can get a special secret popcorn mix, but you have to know the secret question. <laughs> okay, what's the secret question? Have you seen a mouse? Seriously? I'm not kidding. And you'll okay. find out what that means when you go and do it. If you go to Jock Lindsay's, Paddlefish, La Cava in Mexico has this secret guacamole with chiles. Like, it doesn't hurt to ask and try everywhere, but I want to give you, like, the secret, secret one. And one of the newest... And instantly most popular locations anywhere in Walt Disney World is Gideon's in Disney Springs. The lines for the cookies and the cues for the cookies, I'm not kidding, are ours. Is it quote unquote worth it? That's up to you. I'm not saying that I haven't done it before and I'm not a sweets guy, but oy vey, those cookies are good. So there's a way for you to get a secret slice of cake. And the way that you have to do it is by following Gideon's Bakehouse. This is not sponsored by or endorsed by Gideon. But if you follow Gideon's on Instagram or Facebook and sign up for their newsletter, they'll send you a password for the extremely limited secret case cake slices if and when they're available. It's the only way to find out. The people inside won't tell you. You've got to give them the password, and that's the only way to get it, which is so fun, so cool. <laughs> brilliant. From a purely marketing perspective, is brilliant. <clears throat> And you get a lot of new followers on Instagram if you exactly. do it that direction. <laughs> Pretty brilliant on their part. Um, when you mentioned Skipper Canteen, they also have a secret sangria. I have to go back to the alcohol drinks because you know me. <laughs> it's called they staying in your lane, Becky. It's a well, exactly. I, I know my strengths here and it's it's yummy. Yeah, and a lot of places will have not just secret food menu items, but there are secret drinks as well. And don't hesitate to ask. And when I say drinks, I mean both alcoholic and non-alcoholic, mm -hmm. or in Becky's case, alcoholic. You can ask for secret menu items. Um, have some fun with it. A lot of times the servers will um, will enjoy it. And don't be afraid to ask both at sit-down and at counter service. Sometimes even quick service, little quick service locations might have a secret menu item as well. Maybe we should go just take a day and find all the secret menu items. That's going to be a long I know that's a day. Like, <laughs> I need those chairs. I need those like chairs in Wally where I just sort of float around and just food comes right to me. 
If I had something like that, I would. This is a maybe we'll do moo moo Lou and a moo moo. <laughs> sort of what I wear. Every day. Um, maybe I'll have to do a oh, top boy. five live or a top a top. Maybe I'll do a top five live on an upcoming Wednesday night live show on Facebook. I'll do my top. I'll do a little bit of research. My top five secret menu items in Walt Disney World. That sounds fun. Or maybe I'll pick a, wait, maybe I'll pick a park and I'll go to that park and see if I can find five secret menu items. That's kind of where I was going. But now you got to wait till I get there because if only. I I can't wait that long. Nick is Nick has a question and he needs answers immediately. Plus I'm (laughs) famished. All right. Last one. And I'm going to answer this one purely because it starts off by saying, dear Becky and Lou. I love this person. I, I don't know this person, but I love this person. <laughs> Our last Disney cruise. It's also the reason why I like this question. Our last Disney cruise. We bought a placeholder for our next future cruise. Would we still be able to use a travel agency? Oh, let's say MEI Mouse Fan Travel to book our next cruise and flights. Or are we on our own? Also, our last cruise was Star Wars. And we're hoping to do a Marvel one this time. Which do you like better and why we've done the wonder and the fantasy so far both really loved them. Love the fantasy, both Western Caribbean. And that is from Becky's new best friend, Darren from Maine. So Becky, somebody's booked a placeholder on a cruise. Can they still use a travel agency? Oh, let's say mouse and travel. Yes. However, you have to book, transfer it to that travel agency within 30 days of actually booking. So Disney Cruise Line does have this little rule that you cannot transfer outside of 30 days or if you've paid in full. So a placeholder is going to be just a deposit. So as long as you find that travel agency, like, you know, Mouse Fan Travel, and you want to transfer it to the control of that travel agency to help you and be your advocate through your travel, you got to do it within 30 days. And the other part of the question is, uh, they've done Star Wars. They're hoping to do Marvel. Mm -hmm. Which do you like better and why? Now, we've just, this may be unfair because yeah. we just came off of Marvel Day at Sea Cruise. Um, I, I will end. No, give yours and then I'll give mine. I, I mean, it's no, there, there's not even a contest. Um, we've done, I, I've done, this is my second Marvel Day at Sea Cruise. I've done the, we've done a Star Wars Day at Sea group cruise back in 2016, 17, 18, somewhere between 2016 and 2018. Um, admittedly, it was one of the first ones, but I am certainly more of a Marvel fan. I think the Marvel one is just, it's executed better. Um, and as a Marvel fan, it, it just resonated with me all across the board. Um, other than Alaska, I think the Marvel Day at Sea Cruise is, is the best cruise Disney has to offer. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Um, I, I did enjoy the Star Wars Day at Sea. And that, let's give them a little fair point here that it was a while ago and it was one of the very first ones that they did. So I'm not exactly sure if they've punched it up and I'll tell you if baby Yoda shows up on one of those star Wars dates, see that might completely change my mind. Although the Marvel day at sea does have Thor, but I'm digress. So what I really enjoyed about the Marvel day at sea was the, the entertainment, the food, more of the entertainment, the the Roman characters are not roaming. They were for us because we were there during the pandemic. Uh, you did get to go and take pictures with the various characters. Um, I really enjoyed that, but I'm with you that if Alaska ever comes back on our to-do list, that's still my number one. 
And just to sort of throw something else into the mix, if you're looking for a themed cruise, remember that Pixar Day at Sea is coming to the Disney Fantasy in 2023. So that's going to be the other two. We haven't even talked about that, have we? (laughs) But what I can tell you, the only thing better than going on a Marvel Day at Sea or a Star Wars Day at Sea cruise by yourself or with your family is doing one together with us as a group. Um, We actually do have... Not one, not two, but three group cruises coming up. We have our inaugural cruise on the Disney Wish on August 1st, which I believe Becky is sold out, but you can still add your name to the wait list. Mm-hmm. We have our December 5th Very Merry Time cruise on the Disney Wish, yay, which I am ridiculously, insanely excited to do a Merry Time cruise on the new ship. And then you mentioned the fantasy. Uh, we're doing an eight night with an overnight in Bermuda, which I've waited for for a long time, as well as going to the Bahamas, uh, April 15th, 2023. We have meetups, uh, hotel group events, group dining excursions, a lot of surprises, things like that. So if you've never done a group cruise before, I will not so shamelessly plug um, encouraging you to come and do with one with us as well. And a group cruise is the best way to travel because you can do as much or as little of our events and things that we're doing. But you'll always have somebody that has something in common with you. And it really is a fun time to connect with people. I have now seen people that have have met on our group cruises that four or five down the line, they travel together now and they want to sit together at dinner. And it's just a great way of, um, of meeting people that love all things Disney. And you can find out more and get a free new obligation quote from our one and only exclusive travel provider, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Well, thank you. By visiting <laughs> www.radio.com slash events or going to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Radio. Becky, that's going to close up the inbox for this week. Uh, if you have a question that you'd like us to answer on a future show, please email me, lou at wdwradio.com and if you are looking to go anywhere in not just the Disney universe or the Marvel Star Wars universe including the Galactic Star Cruiser or anywhere on this big blue beautiful world of ours you can visit Becky and her incredible team of agents over at mousefantravel.com it's great being back again and you know you just said blue so I thought of blue shrimp all of a sudden Blue zoo. <laughs> blue zoo. I mean, all of a sudden, there's all these if kind of anywhere, food opportunities. Right now, oh my god! Go? I'll take you right now. <gasps> oh, you'll take me. Five, Are you gonna pay for the four, um, three, um, two, um, um, Shula's. It's one just... <laughs> in the afternoon. <laughs> Why not? Well, no, it's well. Becky's here it's worse. To get bang for her buck. It's it's, like, it's where's it's, something expensive it's, that I can make blue pie? <laughs> really, really expensive. Flame yeah, because it's it's like ten forty one where I am in the morning. So I was hoping like oh I would love to Bacon just eggs. have a Ronto roaster with you or something. Well, no, 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 no. That list of things that we have to do together now in dining and lounge reviews is getting really long. It is a good problem to have. Ooh, quiche sounds good. It's time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details in which you see hear, taste, or remember 
If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. And this week's trivia contest is brought to you by you. No, seriously, I mean it because as part of the WW Radio Nation, you help bring every episode of WW Radio to life, every live broadcast from the parks, the contests and giveaways. They're all thanks to you. And you can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar a month, plus get cool exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts, trivia quests. We do a monthly group video call. You have access to our private Facebook group, stickers, shirts, monthly care packages, early access and discounts to special events, and much more. And don't forget that a portion of your contribution goes to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Thanks to you, we've raised more than $500,000 to help kids with life-threatening illnesses come to Walt Disney World with their families. And being part of the nation helps to support that effort. I want to thank some new and longtime members of the nation, including Susan Kasbar, Tracy Matsumoto Brower, Jeff Claxton, Angie Robinson, and Ethan Gakoski. I sincerely appreciate your love, support, friendship, and help. You can find out how you can be part of the nation family by going to WDWRadioNation.com. Now, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I asked you to tell me, where in the world have you heard this phrase, which I read, if you'd like to join our jamboree, there's a simple rule that's compulsory. And it was a little tricky, only because I kind of read it out of tone and context. And I think once I play the actual clip, you'll know exactly where it was from. If you would like to join our jamboree, there's a simple rule that's compulsory. Mortals pay a token fee. Rest in peace, the haunting's free. So hurry back, we would like your company. And of course, that's from the Haunted Mansion in Magic Kingdom. I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and once again, last week you were playing for a WW Radio pin, keychain, which are only available as contest prizes, plus a bonus mystery prize. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Kimberly Vaughn. So, Kimberly, congratulations. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival is going on right now. I love this festival. I love all the food, which made me start thinking about Epcot, which made me start thinking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, this is how my brain works. And as I was thinking, it always starts with food, eventually gets to a trivia question. As I was thinking about Guardians of the Galaxy, which hopefully is opening soon, I started to think back to what was in its place. And if you think back to Ellen's energy adventure, in the Ellen's dream sequence, she welcomes Bill Nye into her apartment where Bill says that he actually didn't come to see her. He came to see who? Who did Bill Nye actually come to see when he went to Ellen's apartment in Ellen's Energy Adventure? May you rest in peace. You have until Sunday, March 27th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there. Again, you're going to play for the pin, the keychain, and a mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. 
please come be part of the community and conversation over in the WW Radio Clubhouse at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. You can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And please be sure to like and turn on notifications on the WW Radio page on Facebook at facebook.com slash WW Radio. And please join me this and every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live. That's our live video broadcast and chat where we walk and talk and sometimes ride and eat from the parks or live from the home studio where we talk about what's news and new in Walt Disney World, my top five live Disney Plus pick of the week, your questions, contests, and much more. Be sure to join our spoiler support group where we talk all things spoilers, including Moon Knight, which is coming out very soon on Disney Plus over at www.radio.com slash spoilers. And as of course, as much as I love connecting with you online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. Check our events page, both on Facebook and at www.radio.com slash events for upcoming special events, group cruises, and our next meet of the month, which will be over the springtime surprise weekend in Walt Disney World on Saturday, April 6th. I'll have more details on the event page. The meets are fun, free, and of course, always family friendly. If I can help you turn what you love into what you do or take your idea, podcast, blog, or business to the next level, visit LouMangelo.com. And if I can come to speak to your conference, your event, or your school, you can also check out the speaking page at LouMangelo.com as well. And finally, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word by either sharing a link to this or your favorite episode, leaving a quick rating over at Spotify Podcasts, or if you can, take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show over an Apple Podcast. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Connor Martin Lindell, who says, Lou and Becky know their stuff. Love the podcast, Lou, so entertaining and passionate about Disney. If you love Disney, please consider making this your main Disney podcast. Also, Becky's amazing, and I love every time she's on answering questions. Timing is everything. Congrats on your years of success. Here's to another decade or two. Thank you, Connor, and thank you for taking the time to tune in, listen, share, and be part of the WW Radio community and family. I hope this week's show put a smile on your face, brought a little bit of Disney magic to you or your day. And always remember to choose the good, to find good in everything and everybody that you encounter, because if you spread positivity... That positivity will spread. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. I hope to see you on the live show this Wednesday night or right back here again next week. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou, it's Jim Smith calling from Hanover, Mass. I just finished listening to your uh, 667, The Tomorrowland Past, Present, and Future. Uh, Another great episode, uh, especially... Uh, your top 15 reasons uh, why you're thankful for the show. Uh, and, Lou, I've been listening for about maybe five, maybe six of those years. Uh, but I wanted to uh, answer your question. Uh, because of the WDW radio show, I have started writing about Disney. I have created a blog. I have uh, been freelance writing for a couple of different media sites. I've been making progress um, is probably the best way to put it, and it's because of the inspiration that that I feel from you in every show, and in particular some of the little tidbits you offer at the end of of your episodes, uh, where you get a, a little bit of uh, words of, of wisdom. Uh, and there was one time I specifically remember you said. If you keep waiting for every light to be green, you're never going to go. And so I just had to start doing things even when the timing wasn't ideal, uh, moving forward and pursuing those things that I want to do, dreams of mine. Uh, and for that, I sincerely...
sincerely appreciate the, the inspiration that you've given me. Uh, I also very much enjoy all the folks on the clubhouse. I chime in here and there uh, with a with a Facebook uh, message or a post, uh, and and just enjoy everything, the positivity that everyone has to offer, which starts at the top with you. Uh, so thank you, Lou. Much appreciated. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, Lou, this is Beth Strickland from Brooklyn, New York, but I am currently in Avengers Campus. Um, just wanted to say I am having a fabulous time, and thank you so much for the review and all the information. Um, waiting for the drama Lage. I was talking to a couple of girls, and they were like, how do you know all of this? I was like, WDW Radio, it's a podcast, and they talked about everything. So um, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, I've done Guardians eight times so far. I'm only missing um, the Pat Benatar song in terms of hitting all of them. Um, but so Avengers Campus has been amazing. And Raya actually stayed past Lunar New Year, so I got to meet Raya last night. Um, which I know is not Avengers, but Raya is awesome too. So um, anyway, just wanted to thank you for all of the information you give. Um, thank my amazing MEI Mastodon travel agent, Jackie York, and uh, Becky also for all of her advice and help. And it's been an amazing trip. I still have three more days to go. So excited. Bye. Hey, Liz. This is Chris Whitney from uh, Cambridge, Mass. Uh, my wife and I were uh, – Really um, honored. I uh, sorry, I'm having a memory block. Um, we were on Marvel Day at Sea, February fifth or the tenth, and uh, we were very anxious to meet you. Unfortunately, I was freaking out, but uh, I knew you were there, and um, I hope you and your group had a great time. Uh, we saw the WDW shirts everywhere, so. We knew you were there, and we're sorry we missed you, but we hope to catch you again soon. Thanks again. Have a great day. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Samantha from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I just wanted to call in and say hello and thank you. I just love your show. I look forward to it every week to listen to the podcast, and um, it's, like, just really nice alone time for me to just tune in and kind of, like, channel the Disney magic, which you um, – just bring to the table so joyfully and so readily, and I just really appreciate it, you and all of your guests that you have on the show. Um, I wanted to specifically thank you for this uh, recent episode, 670, about the Galactic Star Cruiser. I just loved hearing you and your family talk about the experience that you had, and um, I loved, from a parent's perspective, I loved hearing you share you know, the joy that you received from seeing the joy on your children's faces. That just was really meaningful to me as a parent myself. And also I want to thank you for the message of positivity that you began the episode with. That was just really impactful. Um, like you said, it's so easy with the Internet these days to just get bogged down in the negativity and the complaints and just hearing you come on um, with that positive message and reminding us all that, you know, we're the only ones who can decide if something is worth it or not for us. Um, that was like a breath of fresh air. So thank you so much. Thank you for everything you do. Um, you really are keeping the Disney magic alive for so many people. And I appreciate it. Thanks, Lou.
Those who suffer a loss require support from friends and loved ones. This is Matsuda's in the cafe. She's wearing something super inappropriate for an 80-year-old. That's it. I'm done. Congratulations, San Francisco. You've ruined pizza. Faster Hawaiians. And now you.